Hi, my name is Savannah Deshaney, and my goal is to talk about the basics of what special education is, the history of special education, and why we should all have a general understanding. This information will be coming from a textbook titled Exceptional Learners, an Introduction to Special Education, 14th edition, by Daniel P. Hallahan, James M. Kaufman, and Paige C. Pullen. If some individuals have learning disabilities such as dyslexia or speech and language impairments, emotional or behavioral challenges, or any inability to do something educational-based, they may need special education in a school setting. Although those were specific in the traditional educational setting, there are many other opportunities for individuals to get support for other aspects of their lives. Special education is specifically designed instruction that meets the needs of an exceptional student and that requires special materials, teaching techniques, equipment, and or facilities. Before we get too far into this, I would like to start by talking about common myths regarding learners who may have problems or special talents in thinking, seeing, hearing, speaking, socializing, moving, and more. The term that I'm referring to is exceptional learners, those who require special education and related services if they are to realize their full human potential. The first myth is that people with disabilities are like everyone else. The truth is that no two people are alike. A disability is not shared by most people and it is important to recognize that. And also recognizing their abilities as well as they are typically like the average person. Another myth is that a disability is a handicap. Although a disability may be a handicap, it is not always. A disability is an inability to do something, while a handicap is a disadvantage that an individual has. For example, blindness is a disability, but in the dark, it is not a handicap. The person with sight in the dark would have the handicap. The point to be made is that even if there is a disability, there are many abilities that a person has and has great potential for success if their abilities are expressed. An inspiring story that comes to my mind is about a person named Doug Landis. Doug Landis was in a wrestling accident in his high school years and became a quadriplegic, meaning he did not have arms or legs. He did not let this stop him from his passion, though. His passion was art, and he learned to draw with his mouth and create beautiful pieces of artwork. Doug Landis had a physical disability. Although there are many others that have mental disabilities, these disabilities are not always immediately obvious and have to become noticed through persistent problems in learning or behaving irregularly. As the CDC quotes, learn the signs, act early. By acting early, it can hold the promise of preventing many disabilities from getting worse and can improve achievement and behavior. Within the groups of exceptional learners are many diverse and there's few generalizations that apply to all exceptional learners. These could refer to sensory, physical, cognitive, emotional, communication abilities, and even a combination of these. On top of that, they can vary in causes, degrees, and effects on educational progress. Age, gender, or life circumstances can also have a big impact. There are also high and low incidence disabilities. High incidence refers to the disabilities that are more common, while low refers to the more rare disabilities. High incidence examples would be learning disabilities, communication, and emotional, while low incidence could be blindness, deafness, traumatic brain injury, and similar things to those. Although high incidence has remained relatively stable from the past till now, low incidence has increased. 
This could be because of higher survival rates of infants born with abnormalities and children in accidents. The history regarding this is extremely important in changing attitudes and stigmas, as well as the legal framework and how it shapes special education. It is important to remember that there has always been exceptional learners, but there hasn't always been special education services to address their needs. In the 18th century, that was when effective procedures for teaching children with sensory impairments such as being deaf or blind was created. In the 19th century, they started to educate children with intellectual disabilities and emotional or behavioral disorders. Following that, an important piece of legislation in the U.S. that protects the rights of students with disabilities as well as special education services and support was called the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, or IDEA for short. This was established in 1975, and it ensured children with disabilities have access to free, appropriate public education in the least restrictive environment. Thankfully for people such as John Mark Gaspar de Tard, whose observations influenced early ideas of educating individuals with intellectual disabilities, or Samuel Gridley Howe, who worked with individuals with sensory impairments, or Thomas Hopkins Gallaudet, who studied deaf education and contributed to the development of sign language, and so many more individuals. They all contributed to what special education is now and shape policies, practices, and attitudes towards special education and disability rights. And to this day, scientific advances raise the possibility of medications or gene therapies to prevent or correct many disabling conditions. Physicians can now perform surgery to correct some identifiable defects on a fetus before birth and completely avoiding some conditions. Thank you for listening, and I hope you learned about what special education is and its importance in many individuals' lives.